I'm tempted to play that video again because last time we played that, we were like great sing-along in here, and today, just one time too much. So <laughs> it's good to see you guys. <laughs> good to see you guys. I'm really glad to be here. I hope you're having an amazing week. Uh, it seems like things get a little bit more intense as we get into the holidays. Everybody's got plans, but I just pray that as this kind of season just, you know, um, escalates, that our hearts would just stay at rest and we'd just stay centered on the purpose for um, this incredible, beautiful holidays that we kind of come to, to, to share together uh, as, a, as a Christian family and as uh, immediate families and um, whatever that looks like for you. I just pray that we just stay centered in the root and the purpose of what uh, Jesus has done for us when he came to this earth. And so I'm excited to, today's we're, we're wrapping up this Family Matters series. I feel like we just started it, but today we're actually wrapping it up. Next week we'll kind of begin into the Advent season, the, the Christmas season, and, and kind of begin to, to, to move the text that way. But uh, today we're going to wrap up this Family Matters series. So let me catch you up if you haven't been here with us for the past couple of weeks. Uh, really the whole idea behind and looking at uh, the family of God and really how family matters is that first each of us were adopted into the family of God. You know, Jesus ha- has made a way for us to be adopted into that, 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 that gorgeous, beautiful family, that attractive family that we all kind of desire and, and want to be loved right where we're at. Jesus has made a way for that. And, and, and the thing about that is when we're accepted and we feel that, that adoption, his love and his grace towards us, it transforms us. Like we don't stay the same. Like some, like some things change. And we've been looking at really three specific ways that we change. One is that we become more grateful. Like, we're grateful people because now we view everything under the lens of what Jesus did for us. You know, even if we don't have the things we want tangibly on this earth, our gratitude doesn't cease. We kind of dove into that a little bit more last week, and our perspective doesn't change because Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus has still done those things. So, so we have to really uh, get control of our, our flesh appetites and desires and stay rooted in the foundation that is what Christ has done for us. And, and then we were kind of like turning that also into that we become more generous people. It's because we see the generosity of what Jesus has done for us. We can't hold life with like closed hands. It, it really causes us to pry open our stingy, greedy hands, and that's really where we begin to understand meaning and purpose as we open our hands, and really an opportunity where God can bless us as our hands are open. And then lastly, today, we're going to wrap up on really the character of God and really kind of come to understand more about the nature of the giver and the gift that he's given us. And so we're going to dive into that uh, in just a second in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, But before we do, like, it's kind of like crazy season. Has anybody like made your shopping list of like who you're buying for? Anybody? No, way too early. Some of you got Black Friday ready. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of looking do the online deal or, or whatever. Uh, so the thing about gift giving is crazy. Like I'm not a huge fan of shopping. It's not like I have anything against it, but it's just not my thing. I, I like to wait till like Christmas Eve. Uh, and, and let me, let me explain, let me explain why, let me explain why. It's not like I like the chaos and uh, I identify with everybody. That, anybody else Christmas Eve shopper? Yeah, hang me out to dry. I see how it is. Hang me out to dry. Uh, <laughs> no, but here, here's the thing. G- gift giving is crazy because because the thing that's tough about shopping is that you don't know what to get people, right? Like some of you, it's like a really tough thing. Like, what do I get this person? Is it going to be right? Are they going to like it? You can't really know what they're going to like, and so it's kind of a tough thing. We were uh, walking around, had some time to kill the other day, and, and went, we were down to St. Augustine, went to the outlet malls, and walking around trying to figure out what, like, dad wants, what father-in-law wants, what brother, 
we, like, we don't know. See, that's the thing about shopping early is that you've got a month to wait to figure out if you were right. That's a really long time to just kind of be nervous, like, was this the right thing or not? See, in my theory, the way I do it, I've only got about 12 hours to see if I made the right decision or not. <laughs> so, so giving and picking out gifts is one thing, and the other side of it is receiving the gifts. That's, that's just as weird, right? And I think I can separate uh, those that, how we receive gifts in two categories, those that can fake it and those that can't. You guys know what I'm talking about? All right, so let's see if you can identify yourself in here. The person who can, can fake uh, whether they like the gift or not, you know, that can fake it, you have this kind of deal. You have like a smile and a, and a head nod, you know, and that's like, yeah, yeah, it's nice. And you, you try to work your eyebrows like you're like some stage actor or something. And uh, you've practiced this in the mirror. You've worked on it. Um, but, but that's not all. You, you have like this, uh, you, you have this kind of like roller coaster thing you do where it's, it sounds like you're talking, it sounds like you're on a roller coaster and you're like, hmm. So it's kind of a roller coaster like sigh. But then there's also where you kind of start talking to yourself, but you can't open your mouth because mom told you if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So you, you just keep your mouth closed and you're like, Hmm. And you're just kind of thinking to yourself, this is not. But then there's the other category of people who, who can't quite fake it and can't quite, um, you know, do that. And, and so their immediate thought is just like, you know, they move their eyebrows, but it's in a completely different way. And then they start searching for the gift receipt. You're moving tissue paper all over to find the gift receipt. You guys know what I'm talking about? You're like hoping for it. And then when you don't see that, you begin to like pull out your phone and look up like where this came from, right? Where did this thing come from? I don't recognize this brand. Have you guys never done this? Okay, okay. Some, <laughs> some honest people. Honest people. Next week we're going to talk about honesty and just getting real. I'm just kidding. Um, now, in last week we kind of ended, I start there because last week we, we kind of ended with one kind of text that kind of slid its way in, into our message. And it was that um, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. He, he gives us the desires of our heart. And we really talked about the, the key element is that is delighting ourselves in the Lord. And I pray that just kind of as we go into the season, we would truly just be delighting ourselves in the Lord and not so much in the gifts, but, but remember first comes first, delight ourselves in the Lord. And so again, I want to look at the character of God and, and the character of the giver and just the incredibly beautiful gift uh, and his gentleness in which he gives it to us. And... Um, uh, presents himself to us. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 11. And it's some rich text here, the entire chapter. But what I want to do is I want to start at the, at the very end, the last three verses, verse 28 through 30. I want to spend, uh, you know, most of our time in these three verses. And I've got plenty of scriptures to go through today. But um, I want to start here. Let's read this, and we're just going to kind of come back through and, and file through it with a finer and finer tooth comb as we go through. Let's get a hold of what's happening here. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's powerful, powerful three verses that Jesus sends an invitation to us. Let's go back to verse 28. This begins with an invitation. What Jesus is offering to us is an opportunity, a free gift, if you will, to come to him. When he came to the disciples, he said, come to me. Jesus is speaking to a large crowd at this point. And, and so I want us to first get this kind of pad that this is an invitation. 
He's a gentleman here. He's, he's a gentleman as he invites us to, to lay like, our burdens down. But I want to look at one particular word because some of us don't really know what it means. And it's not your fault because we just don't use this kind of idea very much. But the idea of a yoke. Because some of you guys are thinking about eggs. And that is not. When, when it says my yoke is easy, you're like, I like mine over easy too, Jesus. <laughs> so, so let's look at the yoke. This is what the yoke that, that Jesus is referring to in, in kind of the ancient early Mediterranean society. What he's looking at is a, a yoke that would go on cattle or oxen. And in fact, you would, you know, in the morning they'd put this kind of harness onto, and, and they would plow all day long until it got dark, then they would take them off, they would sleep for the night or do whatever cow or an oxen do at night, which I guess is sleep, after they've been working all day. But this idea of just being worked all day long, and some of you guys feel like this, some of you, I, I, you cannot wait for this week because you're getting a couple days off and you just need it. You just need it. And by the time we get to Christmas, you will need it. But Jesus isn't necessarily talking about our physical labor, but I think he's referencing it. And so go back to, to, to verse 28 here. Come to me, all who are what? Weary and heavy burdened, or in this, in this translation, just burdened. And so get this idea of cattle that have been working all day long. And the thing about being weary, and I heard a great quote from Ravi Zacharias, an incredible Christian apologist uh, this week, that he, one of his people tweeted out. I doubt Ravi Zacharias tweets, but one of his people tweeted out. And that said um, that meaninglessness, meaninglessness, that's a long word, meaninglessness um, does not only come from um, from being weary of pain, but uh, meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure as well. It doesn't just come from being weary of pain or work. It comes from being weary of pleasure. You haven't been satisfied. You've done everything you can to, to satisfy, but you're weary in that and you found no meaning in that. And I, I think Jesus today doesn't want to like, give us a fix. He, he wants to provide meaning. He wants to provide purpose to to us, because so many of us, we're just satisfied with like a fix. We're satisfied with like a fix of Jesus. Like, if I can just like help me forget what I did last week, or help me forget what I did last year or last night, help me forget that. Let me get this fix where I feel like I'm doing better. I came to church, did my, my thing, and then go on. We want a fix, but Jesus is like, He wants us to like fix our eyes, like fix ourselves on Him, and not just like a moment. But a lifestyle, all you who are weary and heavy burdens, you get this idea of cattle. And the thing is, Jesus is talking to a predominantly Jewish crowd. And at this time, like they get yoke because they had an understanding of being yoked to the Torah, being yoked to the law, which for those of you that don't know is like 500 and some odd laws in which God had co commanded them and the law was in place to kind of lead them to Jesus, to kind of have an understanding of sin and guide us in the direction of Christ. Um, and don't have time to get into all of that. But they were yoked to the law, so much so that the most committed Jews and those that wanted to be rabbis and disciples of rabbis, they did these things called phylacteries. That, that they were these, these wooden boxes in which they would tie with twine or some kind of rope around their arms and around their foreheads. And inside those were scriptures that they had committed to memory. 
They were so yoked to the law that they would literally wrap these things around their arm, around their head. Wouldn't you be like, dude, what'd you do with a box on your head? But like, they would see them, and the inside that was scrolls that they had memorized. And the bigger the box, you thought they were more spiritual, right? <laughs> and some of us, like, that's the life we live. We don't like wear boxes on our head, but like, the more like, spiritual things we do, the more spiritual we feel, or we feel like everybody else thinks we are. And so many times we judge it based on the things we see, but Jesus is going to give us some depth. Not from just what we see, but, but really what we're rooted in. All who are weary and burdened. And listen to this next thing. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Literally, like the Greek is, um, it, it's where we get our word pause. Uh, and a, or apeo or something like that. It, it, it's to pause. It, it, it's, it's a gift of pause. That means you show up tomorrow to work and your boss says, go, take the day off. Anybody excited about that? Would like to hear that? Like to hear you don't have babies show up tomorrow. So, so like, I'll give you rest. Like, take the day off. Like, I'm going to give you this. It's an active verb. Like, literally in the Greek, it's an active verb. Jesus is giving this. It is a gift to us. It's completely free. I'm giving it. It's a gift. I will give you rest. So I want us to see this because in a second we're going to see the same idea of rest coming to us, but it's going to happen from a very different thing. I will give you rest, and other translations say rest for your souls. It's not just physical rest, but it's rest for our souls. I think the soul is something that we can't really wrap our brains around, but it is that which has always been in the heart and the mind of God. And so the soul, I will give you rest for your souls. Look at verse 29, and let's, let's continue on here. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. So Jesus is saying, look, get rid of like the old yoke, like the, the, the yoke that you had before that was based on religion or legalism, the, the law, and, and get, my, get in my yoke. And there's, there's two kind of places in, in a yoke Jesus is like, get in here with me. Like, get in this yoke with me. And some of us, when I talk about getting our fix of Jesus, we want to kind of hold the yoke at a distance because we're afraid of what it will cost us. We're afraid of the work that we'll go into. But compared to the work that we're doing now, this is like a simple math problem that Jesus is going to give us. Do you want the work that you have now, that you're burdened to, the slavery that you have now to the law, which you can't attain to, you can't be perfect in that. And some of us, that's how we lead our families. That's how we lead our businesses. It is this idea of slavery, not this place of getting in the yoke with them. And I think Jesus gives us an incredible example. He wants to be in the yoke with us to lead our families, to lead our businesses, to walk with us. But we're so happy at arm's length away. And we're so burdened down. We, we think we're happy because we're scared of what it will cost us to get in there. But Jesus is going to provide at this very end of this, this, this verse here, in this chapter, my, burden's, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Like he's breaking it down like, dude, compared to what you got, <laughs> this is the best thing you could ever ask for. I'm not asking you to carry it by yourself. And that's how some of us live our lives, man. We like to do the church thing, but when it comes, we leave and we do it ourselves. It's not even you and Jesus, it's just plain you. It's not even you and your spouse or your family or your closest friends. It's just, it's just you. We want to do this yoke ourselves, this American pride that I've talked about before. Jesus is saying, get in the yoke with me. And here's what he says. Learn, 
from me, or yeah, and some translations say learn of me, and this is so huge. We, we get what the word learn means, but this word from, or, or some translations say of, is so deep because it literally talks about the origin of the cause, like up, like, like of my, like essence, like learn of me, and so I know that sounds like really deep and weird what I just said, so let me go to um, a few verses back in, in verse 7 of the same chapter, and I wanted to wait and then come back there because it's going to make this make a lot of sense. Verse 7 here. And we see that John the Baptist had a group of disciples. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and uh, he, he ended up being beheaded for the cause of Christ. He was preaching repentance before Jesus had ever come. And John's disciples were leaving, and Jesus began to speak to a crowd. So some of the, some of the leaders, some of the disciples there, they're beginning to walk off. And Jesus begins to speak to the crowd about John. He said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you, did you go to see like a reed swayed back and forth by wind? I think this can speak to us about theologically bouncing all over the place and not being blown around by any wind of doctrine is what scripture says. I think this can mean physically all over the place, spiritually all over the place, emotionally all over the place. Did you come out here to just be blown around by the wind, by something exciting for the day, and then go back to, let's continue, verse 8. If not, what did you go out to see? You want to see a man like dressed up in fine clothes? Is that what you came out to see? Like, Because you know those are up in, in the king's palaces, the people with fine clothes. Did, did you come like thinking that that's what you were here to see? That's what John was preaching? John the Baptist said, there, there's one that's coming that I don't even have, uh, I, I'm not even great enough to tie his sandals up. That's what John the Baptist was saying. But they had this understanding of something else that was coming, something that would, would fit their desires would fit their perspective, would fit their theology, and Jesus was anything but it. And he's asking, he's standing in front of them, he's like, what'd you come to see? You want to see like a king? You want to see, you know, you want to come out here and be blown around? And then look at this, this, uh, these last two verses here. Then what did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a prophet? He's like, yeah, yeah, I tell you, you came out to see a prophet, and more than a prophet, Jesus is, is more than a prophet. John the Baptist was foretelling uh, of someone that was, he, you know, John the Baptist was a prophet, speaking about it before, but Jesus was saying it more than a prophet. You're searching for something deeper. You need more than just a download of information. It's not going to cut it for you. You know, a piece of revelation isn't going to do it. What Jesus is saying, he's not a piece of revelation, downloaded information. He is relationship, and he is the revelation. He is the revelation. He's not wanting to bring a, a nugget and we're so happy to just download our file for the day and walk out and, and then come back and get our next file for the next week. But Jesus is like, walk with me. Like, I, I am here. I am the revelation. And so many times we're searching for way too long when the revelation wants to be in the yoke with us. We're struggling, we're weary, and we're heavy burdened, and we're blaming it on the devil <laughs> and whoever else is at work. But Jesus is saying, just get in the yoke with me, man. It's light in here. It's easy. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. I tell you more than the prophet. This is the one whom it is written about. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. We were just at verse 28 through 30. Let's go to verse 27, like the one right before this is said, and see what it says. All things have been committed. Jesus is still talking. 
committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal. Jesus says, everything has been committed to me. Everything is revealed through me. He's not, he's not saying, don't look everywhere else. Just look to me. Look to me. I am the revelation. I, you don't have to like wait for a Sunday for a, a guy you know, with you know, you know, feeble hands and words to kind of give you a, a piece of revelation, but to just, just be with me, walk with me, read, read the text. Like, I'm speaking to you. Walk with me. I am the revelation. That's what Jesus is saying through this. And if we can grab a hold of this for our lives, it, it can really transform this, this weariness and this heaviness. So let's go back and, and read 28 through 30 again and, and see if this is beginning to, to kind of have some soil. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give it to you. Take the day off. Let's continue. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and, and listen to the two words. I am gentle. I'm humble in heart. He says, I will give you rest. And then what's he follow that with? His character. I'm, I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I think that that's some of it. If you knew that God was gentle, you wouldn't run for so long. If you knew that he was humble in heart, you would know that he's going to listen to you. You would know that he's going to walk with you. He's not going to get you started in the yoke and then leave you. He's walking with, if you know that he's gentle, and that character of gentleness is one that I don't think we talk about a whole lot, or, or we realize, and, and God is so complex, we can't understand, and I'll get bonus points, we can't fathom it, I get my bonus points, we can't understand the complexity of God, we can't understand the complexity of his character, but instead of being locked into this piece of information, get locked into the beauty and the mystery of the relationship. Get locked into the beauty and the mystery of the relationship that you don't have to figure it out. You just need to get in the yoke. <laughs> and he's gonna reveal himself because he's more than a prophet. He's gonna walk with you. And, and what's the difference here? Look at the end of this verse. What's the difference here from what he says before? And you will find rest for your souls. First time he said, I'm gonna give it to you. Now, Jesus, you're saying I've gotta find it? What are you, what are you saying here, Jesus? There's a different, if you look at the Greek text here, the first one is a verb. The second one is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. He's saying grace is completely free, like the invitation is free. It takes nothing to, ex to receive it, but it takes everything to achieve it. It takes nothing. It is completely free. Like for you to receive it, it takes nothing. You don't have to do anything just like, no, oh, I, I believe, okay, I receive it. That easy. You don't have to put on like a facade of the face. <laughs> you know, you don't have to play that game. But it takes everything to achieve it, to begin to live gracefully, to begin to live some of the things that we're going to begin to look at here in just a second. It takes maximum effort. It takes no effort to receive it, maximum effort to achieve it and live it out in our families, in our homes, in our workplace. It takes all the effort we have. But again, remember, it is, he, it, the burden is light. So the first time it's talking about the activity of God, the, the verb, the activity, I will give it to you. He's just giving it. It's a free gift. Next time he's talking about you will find it. It's the personhood of God. You're going to find Jesus. You will find the revelation on a piece of, 
of revelation. And it will be rest for your souls. Both times is rest. Rest. It's almost repeating and just a slight change there. And if you don't look at the Greek text, this doesn't, it doesn't make sense. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Again, it's easy to receive and, and it's very difficult to achieve, to live it out. And, and let me show you what I mean by that. If you'll throw this up there uh, about the yoke and what this actually means and, and what it consists of is total commitment to Jesus. Total commitment to living godly, to be a reflection of him. Because I'm telling you, if you, if you receive it but like don't pursue to like achieve it, and I, I hate that I'm using that just that phrase back and forth. But, it, but if you don't pursue that, you don't pursue that godliness, the, the burden won't be so light. Because you'll have to deal with the consequences of that lack of pursuit. Because when you sit stagnant or, or you're drifting away from the character of God, you're drifting away from the character of God. And the outcomes aren't the same, therefore the consequences are different. The, the outcomes are different. So total commitment to Christ is really that easy yoke. And you find that, that the way of Christ is, is so much better. The psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that verse. It's, it's so simple for just like doubting hearts. It's so simple. And it's just like, it's almost like I'm talking to my three-year-old, just like, just taste it, man. Just eat the macaroni and cheese. You like cheese and you like noodles. You're going to love this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Like, get away from the arm's length and, like, just, like, taste and see. I mean, how's, how's the arm's length, use the Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? <laughs> You're weary. You're heavy burdened. Sometimes you feel like a slave of, of cattle of some sort. Sometimes you, you, you feel burdened down by your pain and, and, and by your, the pursuit of pleasure and, and by work, by the law. Jesus is saying, just get in here with me. Just walk with me. So this is a, a huge thing that, that Christ can compel us through the Holy Spirit to live a godly life and pursue that. Nobody's perfect, but that pursuit. So I want to I go into to just some really practical outflows. We've been talking about inflow and outflow because you can't give what you don't have. We've been talking about that this entire series. And so I want to talk about some of the outflows of this gentleness and what this looks like, just call it on the real, what this looks like in our lives. And, and let me give some kind of transformational thoughts about how we approach our families, how we approach our workplace, how we approach our own spiritual life when it comes to these principles that Jesus and this invitation so what I'd like to do is go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and we're going to start there in just a second. Because here's the thing, when, when there's an inflow, there's going to be an outflow. It's too good not to come out. It should be overflowing. There should be fruit on the tree if, every, if all things, are, are, are all um, kind of parameters are met uh, in this, in this easy yoke, this total commitment to God. So go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and let's look here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against things, there's no such law. Like there is, we don't have to like think about laws. We just have to think about the relationship. And, and it's, not, it's not, you know, tying 
ourselves and being yoked to the slavery of the law, but it's being freed of those things to the beauty of the relationship with Jesus. It's being freed of those things to walk with Jesus. And, and these are the outflows, and I, and I have a little question. Like, what if we begin to, like, let these be the rules in our homes? Like, what if these were our new rules? Not don't slap your sister, but be patient. Why? Because Jesus has been patient with you. Because Jesus died for you. There's, instead of making up our own rules and making up our own laws to add to, to God's, which is what the Jews had, had done, and, and in the New Testament, Jesus ends up saying, look, by your, very, by your very traditions, all the things you've made up, you're violating the direct commands of God. You've made so many things up that you're so off track. So what if instead of just kind of making up our rules to kind of lead... What if these were just kind of our rules and, and theology would just naturally flow into our homes a little easier, into our marriages a little easier, and the things we kept each other accountable as a body of Christ were, were these things. Like, where's the fruit? Like, I'm not, I'm not asking you don't slap your sister. I'm telling you, be patient because Jesus has been patient with you. I, I, I'm not telling you, be, be gentle because Jesus has been gentle with you. And those outflows begin to come out because here's the thing. We've been talking about this this whole time is that gratitude can't just stay in the mind. Like, like what, it's got to come out. That generosity shouldn't just stay in our wallet. How generous are you if it stays in your wallet? How gentle are you if it just stays locked down in your heart? There is an outflow to these things, and that's what he's talking about, the fruits of the Spirit. That there are fruits because of your relationship with Jesus that come out, and we know how it goes. Like, we want all these things. Like, we would love to just pick up our car, like our card to have all these at the connect tent on our way out, <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. What's that, that good line in um, one of the Bruce Almighty or Evan Almighty? Is, like God doesn't give you patience, but he gives you an opportunity to be patient. So I pray is just in our families, we can begin to focus and thank God and, and, and just begin to, to lead from the place of Scripture, not our own play, not our own rules, not our own laws, and let them free us. At points in my life, I'll just take this entire list and I put them in front of my desk, where I sit more than you know than anywhere else. I just put them those most common places, and it's convicting every time I see. I'm like, well, I didn't do that when I was sitting in that line. <laughs> well, I didn't do that when I was you know talking to whoever. It's convicting. And it's the only laws we end up needing, you know, love the Lord your God uh, with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And these are the outflow of that relationship that it, it commands. Let me give you two more practical things, and I think God's going to close us here. Proverbs chapter 15. It's 15, 1. Yeah, I thought it was 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Again, we're talking about this gentleness that it's effective. You know, it can calm some situations down that we think we've got to, when we're on customer service, anybody ever work in customer service, like on the phone or something? Hey, this is like not a fun time for you, like this time of year, as it comes, especially if you're in retail. Um, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Like, it can calm situations down between you and your spouse, you and a coworker, you and your children, your children and your parents, some family you want to slap upside the head when it gets holiday season, you know, you can't wait to get out of the room. A gentle word's going to come, it's going to make some things chill out. So just some wisdom from scripture here, Proverbs. Just let it, 
work. A gentle answer will do that. Look at Proverbs 25, just a, a, a few Proverbs later. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. So not only can it calm situations down, it can be even more effective. It can be even more effective if we begin to live this out as a community. I mean, because tensions and stress is like way too high in our world. Way too many people are weary and heavy burdened. That's why we see a lot of stupid things going on. Things that don't make sense. It's come out of pain. Come out of pain. Hurting people hurt people. You know, and people that have been changed by Jesus love people like Jesus. People have been transformed are more grateful and generous, and there's outflows to those things. But hear this about gentleness, because I think this is something that God just wanted us to slide into as we enter Advent next week. And to understand this, that gentleness, it's, it's effective. It's even effective. We look for what's working. Gentleness works. It can break a bone. And so I just want to take a minute, and then uh, if you want to come, I... It starts with an invitation. This whole thing starts with an invitation, doesn't it? Come to me. You've got an option. I'm not forcing you, not dragging you. Come to me. That's why Jesus cries out, come to me. All of, all of you who are weary. He's not like picking one, like, you know what, you. Like, I know you're a little bit weary. I'll take you. He's not calling out from the crowd. He's saying, all of you who are weary and heavy burden. And if you're not feeling that now, you've probably felt it at some point. If you don't feel it, have it felt at some point, you're going to feel it at some point. You've been there, and you've done that. You've probably had enough with it. And, and some of you, 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 today, you just, the simplest thing you can do is just receive the gift. It's an invitation. Just receive it. Like, do, do the math. His burdens... His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Do the math. Like, it makes sense. Get in the yoke with him. He is gentle and he's humble in heart. He's not going to leave you. He's walking with you. The easiest thing you can do is just say yes. And walk with Jesus. There's a place in Acts. Not too long after the church had been established. And Paul was beginning to reach the Gentile people, which were people that are not Jews. So, probably 98% of us are Gentiles in this room. Um, so, we're, we're a product of what Paul did. And one of the laws that they had to keep for, for Jews was circumcision. Don't need to explain what that is. Was circumcision. And, and at a time, all these, they were at this council in Jerusalem, and Peter and Paul are there. And Paul's kind of like stressing about it. Peter's a, a leader. Like Jesus said, I'm going to build a church on you. You're my, you're my rock. I'm going to build it on you. Dude, they just denied him three times. He said, I'm going to build it on you. And uh, here, Peter just stands up in front of this council at Jerusalem. The organization of the church is beginning to take full. And they're trying to make Gentiles be circumcised, go back to the law. And Peter's like, hey, guys. Are we, we going to go back? Are we going to continue to like, be burdened by this? Are we going to continue to put them under slavery? This is what Jesus did. This is everything. This isn't just like a little piece of legalism. This is the gospel in its whole. Like, we, we can't go back. And f- so for some of us, like, we need to just say yes, but some of us, we just need to not just be okay with just going back and fighting that and realize that this is a, it's a gift from God 
that we receive through faith. And in that same Ephesians 2 text that I'm quoting right there, Ephesians 2 through 8 through 10, it ends with we are God's workmanship, his craftsmanship. God is working in you. He's doing something beautiful in you in this relationship. So walk with him. Walk with him. He's not going to leave you. Get in the yoke with him. Let's stand together today. God, I thank you for this group of people that are in this room right now. God, and more importantly, I thank you that you are in fact, we are in your presence. God, we don't have to go searching anymore for meaning or for purpose. We don't have to go searching for answers anymore, God. We just have to encounter the answer. We just have to receive the gift, God. I pray for those that are struggling to make that step of faith today, even in their mind, God. I pray they just realize it's, it's as easy as, as you say it is. God, and for those of us that are battling with burdens, God, I pray that we would just set them aside to get in the yoke with you and realize that you are coming with us. That we are learn, learning out of who you are, God. The life that you walk with us. Help us to not do it alone, God. Help us to walk with you. Help us to walk in community and transform us ever, ever more into your image to be the family of God that you've called us to be. Christ, holy, holy name. Let's worship today before the invite to the table.